people might assume right now that there's not a lot of businesses um, being started and that's really not the case. I think in terms of crisis, people become their most innovative self at that point. Once you dive into it, you realize that there is a support system and there are people that want to see you succeed. And that, that intimidation and that anxiety around it, I mean, yes, there will always be somebody that has something maybe negative to say, but I don't think that should ever stop somebody. And I think that you should just keep moving forward and continue proving those people wrong and proving yourself right. Welcome to Made It Happen podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Hafling. Made It Happen is a podcast series highlighting female founders who took a chance and launched their own business. This is our We Rise segment in partnership with Rise Windsor Essex, where we will be bringing you stories of local female entrepreneurs in the Windsor Essex area, sharing their stories of how they built their business and how they made it happen. While we're speaking about Rise, I am so excited for the Rise and Resilience 2021 Summit. This is a virtual event celebrating women entrepreneurs and women in STEM in Windsor, Essex. You might even recognize a couple of speakers there. I am so excited to attend, and this is a free virtual event, so you can go to their website to register, risewindsoressex.com. So today I'm here with Sydney and Leanne from Epicenter. Thank you both for joining me here today, and how about we start off with having you each tell us a little bit about yourselves and your roles at Epicenter. So my name is Leanne Bearcat. I am the marketing coordinator at the University of Windsor Epicenter. Uh, my educational background is in journalism at St. Clair College and then also communications, media and film studies at the University of Windsor. And uh, yeah, anything, any social media related posts that you see come out of the Epicenter is uh, usually a team effort, but I'm the one posting it and stuff. So any interaction online is usually with me and that's pretty much my role in a nutshell at Epicenter. Hello, my name is Sydney Thompson. I am a current program lead at Epicenter. So I was born and raised in Windsor. I'm very familiar with, with Windsor and all it has to, to offer. So I um, went to, of course, grade school and high school. Uh, I also went to St. Clair College for human resource management. And then I transferred over to the University of Windsor for business administration. And ever since I graduated not too long ago, I've started working for Epicenter. And like I mentioned, I'm a, I'm a program lead. So I manage a lot of our entrepreneurship um, related programs. Um, and that includes our, our venture women program, our social enterprise program, um, and lots of other initiatives as well. Awesome. And I know our listeners probably know quite a bit about Epicenter and we do have a feature with the social enterprises as well. But do either of you want to just give a little bit of background on sort of what the organization does? And you mentioned a couple of the programs there, but maybe some of the services that you guys offer? Sure, yeah. So Epicenter is the entrepreneurial hub on the University of Windsor campus. We help students and recent graduates start up businesses anywhere from ideation stage to validation. We have programs and services to help anybody at any level of their entrepreneurial journey. We have two program leads, Sydney Thompson and Paul Brereton, who do a great job of kind of guiding people through the programs, giving them all the support they need and connecting them with mentors and community members that can help them excel within the Windsor-Essex region. Awesome. And Leanne, you also have a side business that you run. Would you like to tell us a little bit about this and how that all got started? 
Yeah, sure. So uh, as I mentioned before, I am a journalism graduate and uh, I really wanted to get into broadcast journalism. Actually, I feel like most graduates don't really know what they want to do, especially in this media industry, because it's such a wide umbrella. You could get into PR, marketing, uh, journalism. So I kind of wanted to uh, dip my fingers in every pot, so to speak. Uh, but I really like the idea of broadcast journalism and just kind of having that platform. And it didn't work out, which is fine, because life is just like that sometimes. Uh, so I decided to kind of take matters into my own hands. And I decided, uh, since I had done some internships for some fashion-based blogs in uh, Montreal, I decided to kind of launch my own brand. And at first it was very much uh, fashion and beauty related because that's what I felt passionately about the, at the time. And then it kind of started to pivot and I started to get some more human interaction from people. It wasn't just people and numbers on a screen. It was actually people reaching out to me regarding things that I would touch on in my videos, like mental health and wellness and all that stuff. And I started realizing that it's not so much a numbers game. It's more of having that network and being able to provide a safe space for people to just talk about whatever might be on their mind. So that's kind of what I tried to pivot to. And now I just have a platform that's all about pretty much everything I love, but I touch a lot on wellness and just all around well-being. Awesome. That's amazing. And, you know, I love how you were able to sort of put it into that personable approach for your audience, which I think, you know, any business, it, like, I think that's really important is finding that personal approach, like you said, not just being about the numbers. And so I'd love to dive more into that. But also, Sydney, you know, I've had um, a couple guests mention you in the podcast um, through their programs with Epicenter. And so I'd love to hear, you know, about your work with different startups and entrepreneurs and as well as specifically you know what do you find to be the most common barrier for people who are looking to start a business oh um that's really nice that people have have mentioned me um to be honest i love my work so much it's so much fun to be able to work with people like Layanne who you know you have this vision of of what you want to do and then you start doing it and it's it becomes a passion project i think for every entrepreneur and for me to be able to work with hundreds of people on their passion project it gets a lot of fun it's very creative um so yeah i've, I've really enjoyed my time so far at epicenter and in the time i've been there i've learned so much um just about entrepreneurship in general and kind of the stigmas that are around so around entrepreneurship just in, in, in general terms. So I'll give an example of most people think that if you have a business degree, that starting a business is easy um, or even an, an MBA. So a master's of business. Um, but that is in fact, not the case. Um, I've worked with MBAs who have come through our programs that really don't know how to start a business. There are so many components that it becomes really challenging to, to just navigate that path and, and figure out even for you, what what's the best way forward. So there's really no 10 step guide that works for every entrepreneur. Um, it's quite different and everyone has a different approach. And that's why we see so many different and unique businesses, even similar businesses, but different in their approach. So like I said, it's, it's, been, it's been so amazing to work with so many people. Um, I, I definitely have, have learned a lot about um, the ecosystem here in Windsor and what's really needed um, and like that goes into the kind of the next question there of what are some of those barriers that people face when they want to start a business. 
And so the first one I would say is first general mentorship. So, you know, I want to start a business. What do I do? And I mean, you could go on Google and type in, you know, how to start a business. And you'll likely come across um, a lot of blogs and a lot of different things that are more opinionated. And that's how it is. It's subjective, right? Like I kind of mentioned, there's no simple 10 step guide for every entrepreneur on, on starting that journey. But I think having a mentor, someone who is experienced, who has done it, who's really gone through the grind work and knows those ups and downs, because any entrepreneur really knows and understands that aspect of it. You're going to have some stellar days where you're so high and you feel like I'm accomplishing all my goals. I feel amazing. And then the next day comes and it's just something goes wrong and it feels like, you know, you're just about to, to break and kind of give up. So I think having that general mentor helps you with navigating your thoughts, your ideas, getting feedback and suggestion, also being able to be connected. And that kind of goes into my next um, example of a barrier as well. The proper contacts, because when you start a business, there are so many things that you need to know. Um, like example is marketing, accounting, legal, um, and the list kind of goes on from there. So how do you know these people? How do you get to know them? You know, and again, doing a quick Google search, um, it's, it's challenging because you might, you know, come up to a list of 15 accountants. How do you know which one is going to provide you with the services you're looking for, provide you good recommendations? And it's all about that trust factor as well. So finding those appropriate contacts can be challenging, especially um, for, for immigrant women looking to start a business. And that's currently something I'm experiencing right now in my Venture Women program is having those conversations of, I'm brand new to not just Windsor, but to Canada. And you know, now I'm talking about lawyers and, and you know, accountants and all of this. And for me, again, someone who's grown up here, like I've grown my network just simply because I've been here the, the whole time. So I think for that, it's a challenge, like trying to figure that out. Who, who's the right contact? Who's going to help me? Which goes into mentorship as well. How do I find a mentor? Um, and then the last couple I'll mention too is just, like I said, basic understanding of business knowledge. So you really don't need a degree, in my opinion, and for listeners out there, don't take this as don't go to school, because I think that's really important as well. Um, there's a lot of training that goes in when you take when you're, when you're getting educated, right? You're, you're kind of being put on a lot of pressure and there's all those more soft skills that you get when you, when you go to school. But regardless of that, I think, like I said, just because I have a business degree, there is so much that I learned outside of my degree than I would have ever known. So I think for a lot of entrepreneurs too, it's, it's just understanding the basic fundamentals to starting a business. And when you, when you have the idea, it's a lot to navigate um, all of that information when, you know, you're simply like, should I do this or not? And then you go to that, whatever blog site who has the 20 steps to starting a business and it's overwhelming. It's a lot of information. And how do you work through that and learn, right? It's hard. Mm -hmm. Sorry, long answer, but hopefully that kind of gets, gets across. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think you touched on a lot of great points there. And, you know, especially with all the different aspects that come into starting a business, like even if someone has a background in finance, they might not know how to really do the finances of a business or then they don't have like sort of the law background. So I think it's great for having those connections. And, you know, it's definitely a great program for finding those different resources as well. And, 
I'd love to, you know, talk more about what you found with the entrepreneurs through the programs. But um, Leanne, I also wanted to ask you, you know, you work full time as well as your side business that you were just mentioning. And do you want to tell us just sort of how do you manage your time with this and maybe any advice or tips for any of the listeners who maybe have those two jobs going as well? Sure. Yeah. I mean, for me, I'm very used to juggling a lot of things at a time. Uh, while I was in school, I was working two, three jobs, interning. So I think it all comes down to time management and it all comes down to support too. I mean, we have such an amazing team. And if I'm just kind of not really motivated one day or something, I can reach out to Sydney and she knows that she can do the same for me. So it's, it's surrounding yourself with those people that truly can help you and lift you up and also creating that routine for yourself so you can manage your time wisely. I mean, I always live by, you have just as many hours in the day as Beyonce. So I mean, if she's killing it, you can too. So I, I think it really does come down to time management. But at the same time, even though I have all these things going on, I really, really try to drive the point home that to make time for yourself every single day, because burnout is very real, especially amid this pandemic. It's, uh, there's so many different feelings that people are having. I know just within our team too, like I'm, I'm an introvert in every aspect of the word. So I'm good being at home, but I know other members of our team, they, they have a hard time not having that interaction. And a lot of people are dealing with that. So I think um, in terms of, you know, just juggling all the responsibilities right now, it's making time for yourself, time management, maybe making that routine for yourself and uh, just be kind to yourself too. You don't have to do it all at once. You can, uh, you can chip away at your projects. Mm -hmm. Definitely. I agree. And I think those are some great, great advice and tips for our listeners. And like you said, especially right now, people are going through a lot, like one of them too, being Zoom fatigue is definitely a thing, I think. And, you know, especially just there's a lot of screen time and a lot of time just being in your house. So I think making sure that you're taking care of yourself is so important. And you know, with that too, talking about sort of the programs offered at EpiCenter um, for both of you, I'd love to hear sort of about how you see the entrepreneurs or even their businesses sort of transition from when they come to you, you know, with that maybe idea or if they've already started the business through to the end and sort of how you see that transition for the entrepreneur or the business in general. So uh, my take on it is kind of different from Sydney's. Um, Sydney works closely with the entrepreneurs, I kind of get to sit back and watch everything unfold. So I'm always like, we joke around that at Epicenter, I'm kind of the fly on the wall that's just kind of snapping photos of everybody and then I just kind of run away. So um, I know it's, it's really cool to see people just come in and when we have our pitch competitions for our different programs, you see them come in with these ideas that they're so passionate about and they're so excited about, but there's also an air of timidness about it because they're not quite sure how people are gonna kind of receive their idea. And then just kind of seeing them grow through the program and gain that confidence and understand how to turn that idea into a real tangible business. Uh, so I just love watching that growth process from somebody who's just really passionate about something, but just kind of a little insecure about it to a fully fledged entrepreneur that's like, yes, this is my business and I'm proud of it. And it's, I just love, I do a lot of uh, where are they now features on the Epicenter social media. 
So I love touching base with people that have graduated from our programs and are now just have these amazing stories of being able to go from ideation to validation. Leanne really hit the nail on the head, um, I think, with that. A lot of it is it's growth. And you see people grow with their idea, but also on a personal level as well. And it's just, it's, it's an amazing thing to see. I think too, Leanne talked about confidence, especially a lot of women entrepreneurs, I find, um, will join a program with, with, little, with little confidence in themselves, in their idea, in the implementation. And I think over a, a course of a program, you know, after finding that proper network and support, you really see their confidence start to, to build. And it's a really amazing thing to see that, that confidence piece really shine through. And it's, it's really not about um, only women entrepreneurs, but I'll, I'll even use uh, young entrepreneurs as, as a great example as well. You know, when you're young, um, there's so many other things too that you're navigating in your life. And I think this on top of all of it, you know, we talk about juggling things, you know, you have a full-time student who's also doing a, a side hustle, who's also potentially taking care of a child. And it's, it's hard to, to figure all of that out, right? But you see kind of all of it come together when you're in a program and then the end comes and it's actually kind of this bittersweet moment because you realize you've become so close um, as a cohort and um, especially I find with, with me as well, I, I take a very personal approach and I find that I become attached to people. And so at the end of the program too, it's kind of, like I said, bittersweet. It's so happy. I'm so happy to see um, all they've accomplished in such a short time. Um, but at the same time too, it's kind of like a, a eggs in a bird's nest kind of thing. You know, they crack open and they're time to fly. And I just kind of got to go with that course of life. And so, yeah. Mm -hmm. I have, I love those answers. And, you know, being able to see the transition of entrepreneurs in their business, I think is so amazing. And I mean, we've, de I've definitely talked to a lot of people who have gone through the different programs there. So it's great to sort of hear their take on it as well and all that they've gained. And, you know, I'd love to hear sort of more about the different programs that are offered at Epicenter. Um, I know when Wen was on, she talked a bit about Venture Women, but just some background on any of those programs for our listeners. So in case there's one that you know might might uh, resonate with them sure we have a lot of programs I'll say that for starters so Sarah one thing you mentioned at the beginning is you know our, our listeners might be familiar with epicenter I find a lot of people don't actually know what we do and it's funny I was talking to my coworker about this the other day and you know the website you know we portray the information but it's a whole different experience to actually live it so one thing I'll say is first, um, if you do navigate our website, you'll find that we have anywhere from five to 10 programs. Um, and it can be a little cumbersome to figure out where you fit within all of those programs. So step number one is to reach out to us, to talk to us about where the proper fit is for you and your business. So that's number one. Um, the different programs that we offer, like Leanne mentioned as well, a lot of them too stem from ideation all the way up until what we consider validation and growth. So basically what that means is usually in ideation, you have just an idea. So you probably don't have that business basic fundamental knowledge. Um, you probably haven't done a lot of research because simply you don't know what to do. So, you know, you join one of our programs and you can receive that mentorship. So we have our, our epic discovery program where you get connected to a mentor and they kind of help you in guiding through some of those initial steps and, and just figuring out um, what I should be doing next. Um, beyond that, we also have a few other paid accelerator programs. 
So what that means is you're usually in the program for a set duration of time, which can last anywhere from three to four months. It also ranges in program commitments. So some of our programs are full time. So if we were not in a pandemic and we were actually at the office, um, our summer founders program, you would actually work at Epicenter with us um, for 35 hours a week for a 12 week period. So you get to work in our incubation space, you get the full access and um, full amenities to you, which is really exciting for, for a lot of people. Um, but other programs as well are more on a part-time basis. So usually, you know, we're a very student-centric being connected to the University of Windsor. So when we run programs in the main semester, so fall and winter, we usually have part-time programs to be able to help accommodate students who do have that full-time um, class schedule. Um, other programs as well um, do provide funding. So uh, we, like I said, I have our RBC Founders Program, um, which provides $6,000 to people joining the program over that 12-week period. Um, some of the other programs, such as our Founders Accelerating 2020s, um, Venture Women, of course. We also have a social enterprise program. Those uh, few programs also provide funding um, on eligible business expenses. So you get up to a certain amount, whether that be $2,500 or more, um, you have to be able to apply um, for some of those business expenses that you might be experiencing. And then kind of the last step there, these are kind of all moving through a funnel, if you wanted to picture it that way. So we started with ideation, then we kind of moved through discovery. So you're, you're trying to figure out your idea, like who are my customers? How am I making money? Am I making enough money? What are my costs? How am I going to deliver, you know, a product to a, an end customer? So it's really finding all of those things. Um, and then at the end, it's kind of that, that validation. So I have a validated business model. I, it works. I know who my customers are. They're already or about to purchase the product or service. And so we, we help you as well as just continuing that growth. So getting you connected to those proper contacts, helping you find additional funding sources, and so on. What is the best way to be listening to Made It Happen podcast? Maybe with a glass of rosé, chardonnay, Either way, I want to talk about the official wine of Made It Happen podcast, Paglioni Estate Winery. Paglioni Estate Winery celebrates the simple life in Canada's southernmost wine region with food, wine, and Italian charm. They pay homage to the winemaking traditions of the old world, enhanced by the unique terrier of southern Ontario. Made as they were generations before, their high-quality small-batch wines are crafted with minimal intervention using only the best locally grown grapes. From their cellar to their kitchen, it's all about caring on the tradition. Simple yet delicious wines, Nona-approved recipes, wood-fire pizza, and handmade gelato. What more can you ask for? You can check them out at paglioniestatewinery.com where you can shop their wide variety of wines, my personal favorite, the 2018 Cabernet Marlot, but they have a wide selection of amazing wines to choose from, as well as gift cards and other amazing items. Be sure to go check them out at paglioniestatewinery.com. I'd love to sort of hear about, you know, I think especially right now, people are definitely sort of seeing the importance of supporting local businesses and small businesses and entrepreneurs. And I'd love to sort of hear, you know, from both of you sort of why you think these are so important to our community and maybe if there's any stats you have on this or just anything along those lines. Sure. Uh, I think being the entrepreneurial hub and seeing 
on the University of Windsor campus and kind of working within this ecosystem and working closely with WeTech Alliance and Small Business Center and, and um, all those amazing support groups for small businesses, we see how much a dollar really means to a small business. I mean, going to a big box store and spending $20, whatever, that's not really going to make or break them, but that $20 can make all the difference to a small business. And I think uh, right now it's, it's kind of crucial. I think small businesses are the backbone of the Windsor-Essex community. And just even seeing the support for small businesses, just on the YQG hashtag, you know what I mean, on Instagram, people are really proud of our community and with reason too. We have so many amazing people starting all these unique ideas and businesses and I just wanna watch that flourish and grow. So I try to support small as much as I can because I would love to see our community just fully uh, immersed in these creative, innovative ideas. Yeah, I can, I can pick up from that too. Just like Leanne, especially now more than ever, you're really seeing so much support to local entrepreneurs, which is phenomenal. Um, you know, one thing I think a lot of people don't realize is how many entrepreneurs there actually are, um, and not all of them too. I think the term even entrepreneur, there's an entire case study research on just simply that word. I think a lot of people who are entrepreneurs do not identify as that. Um, but simply, you know, there are so many people that own a small to medium-sized enterprise you know, they oftentimes have big impact in local communities. So usually, you know, with local businesses, it's always, you know, not always, but sometimes focused on giving back to that community as well. And it just has, there's positive relationships that exist. So oftentimes too, you see local businesses partner together um, to grow. And from that can come really unique business models like um, cooperatives, for instance, which is actually considered a social enterprise which tends to be all about giving back to the community and helping to work towards that more um, inclusive economy. So I think it's, it's just really interesting. I, I hope that most people understand that we keep this going, that we keep supporting small businesses. Um, I actually did pull up a, a few reports and I do have some interesting t statistics, um, but I really encourage people just to, to, to research it on your own, just to learn about, about you know, the entrepreneur system in Canada in itself. There's also really specific um, statistics as well within Windsor-Essex, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give some just broad ones. Um, so there actually are over a million small to medium-sized enterprises in Canada alone. Um, and a lot of those two are working in all sorts of different categories. So we see a really heavy industry in construction, um, you know, um, manufacturing for sure, greenhouse agriculture, which is really um, explosive in, in Windsor-Essex County, as, as we probably know. Um, but some more interesting statistic as well is, you know, when we look at, too, I keep going back to the, the women entrepreneurship ecosystem. I am currently running that program right now, so it's, it's kind of fresh in my head. Um, but just to give an, an insight that only 15% of SMEs are owned by women entrepreneurs. So it's, it's, it's not a lot, um, but actually in, in Windsor-Essex, uh, we see about, I think 35 to 40% of women um, actually have incorporated businesses, which is a really unique thing to see as well. So some really good sites to go to um, for further research on that is the Rise 
So RISE supports women entrepreneurs and women in STEM. And so they've come out with some really interesting stats um, from women entrepreneurs in Windsor-Essex. Um, and then as well as like Stats Canada has a lot of information, but some of it's outdated. The last time they did a census, it was in 2017. So it'd be interesting to see, especially how this pandemic has impacted our entrepreneurship ecosystem. Because I think a lot of times too, people might assume right now that there's not a lot of businesses um, being started and that's really not the case. I think in terms of crisis, people become their most innovative self at that point. And BlackBerry is a phenomenal example of that, of a community that, you know, unfortunately experienced something really impactful when they had a major plant close in, in that area. And then BlackBerry was born from that. And, and now it's like this technology hub, right? So I think with Windsor Essex, I'm really eager to see too, um, the reports that come out of all of the people and the trailblazers who've started companies. And I think there'll be a lot more support in the future too for, for these businesses. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I think there's a lot of great points there and, you know, great statistics for people to look into and really see the importance of small businesses. And I love too that you brought up their female entrepreneurs specifically. And I'd love to hear from both of you, you know, Leanne, you have your own business and then also Sydney, you know, working with the Venture Women program. One of the things you said, especially with female entrepreneurs is sort of that confidence feature. And that's sort of what might be stopping a lot of people from either starting or wanting to scale their business. Um, and do you have sort of any advice or tips for people who to maybe try and overcome that, you know, imposter syndrome or anything just with confidence with that, even if it's, you know, applying for a program, for example, or just starting their business to begin with as a female entrepreneur? Yeah, no, absolutely. I think there definitely is, uh, there is a lot of anxiety in starting a business in general, but being a woman, there's a little more anxiety that goes into it because you really want to be taken seriously. Uh, you really want to step your best foot forward. And there's a lot of instances where in your head, you could kind of think that you're not going to be taken seriously. And, and, and it's, it's scary and intimidating out there. And I know when I kind of started diving into my own venture, I was just really intimidated of what are people going to say and what are people going to think? And uh, that kind of, that quickly went away because once you dive into it, you realize that there is a support system and there are people that want to see you succeed. And that, that intimidation and that anxiety around it, I mean, yes, there will always be somebody that has something maybe negative to say, but I don't think that should ever stop somebody. And I think that you should just keep moving forward and continue proving those people wrong and proving yourself right. Uh, and again, with the Venture Women program, it's, I love seeing all these women coming in. And like Sydney mentioned, women that have newly immigrated here. And that is terrifying. Coming to a new country, being a woman, starting a business, they just, I just give them all the props. That takes a lot of strength and courage and uh, just being that support system for those people that, especially coming from a place where I understand how they're kind of feeling uh, in starting a venture. It's, it's always good to uh, support the women around you and we try to be championing that movement. Yeah, I'll, um, I'll add on to that as well. I think and it aligns nicely too with what Leanne said. It's do not let fear get in the way. Because I think for a lot of people, it's just that. And it's not solely for women entrepreneurs. I think for a lot of people, it's a scary jump 
you're at the top of a cliff and you now have to make this choice of, am I going to do this or not? Am I going to like, put it out there and start talking about it and try to find funding? And that's a very scary feeling, which goes into my next piece of advice and, and just general statement is that you're not alone. Um, a lot of people, everyone to a degree goes through this. I'm sure even, you know, some of our most famous entrepreneurs, business owners that we have in our mind have always felt that to a degree, but they jumped, they did it. And you're, you have to, if you're anything like me, who's really, it's scary to, to jump into something that's so unknown. You don't know what's at the bottom. It's like swimming in a lake. You have no idea what's actually in there, right? But you go for the enjoyment and you, you kind of got to, you figure it out while you're there. And so, you know, with that, again, don't, don't let fear stand in the way. Um, also, don't be afraid to ask questions. And that's a really important thing to remember as well. I, I really enjoy working with people who ask a lot of questions and, you know, who are constantly in that learning environment because you're never going to have it fully figured out. There's no, not one singular person who has all of the answers. So it's about building that community. It's about building those relationships where you can get that mentorship. You can, you know, entrust in their advice that they're giving to you and believe in it, you know, and, and, and try to, as much as you can find that network around you. Um, and a great way to do that is through our programs and other programs as well. So don't be afraid to apply because ultimately what, what do you have to lose? And so I think starting with those kinds of conversations of, you know, this is my idea. What do I do now? You know, is, is, a, is a simple starter. And from there it's, you know, we'll try to navigate it together. And I think the community we've built at Epi Center will support you um, through that journey. And I also want to add to that. I really like uh, whenever something comes my way that intimidates me and I feel nervous or scared about it, I always remind myself, do what scares you or do what intimidates you because change never comes from a place of comfort. And I think in order to achieve those goals, you're sometimes going to have to get out of that comfort zone to an extent and uh, just kind of uh, put yourself in a situation that you've never been in before. And that's how you're going to grow and you're going to change and you're going to keep learning and moving forward. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I think that's really great advice, like on all parts there. And, you know, like you said, to the only way you're going to grow is if you're you get out of that comfort zone. And I think also, you know, finding that community, like you said, in the support through Epicenter and some of the programs there too. And um, would you like to share? I know you talked about some of the programs, but any upcoming ones for the listeners that they can look out for um, and any that they might be wanting to apply to that are coming up? Yeah, definitely. So we've talked about it a few times. So Venture Women um, will happen in March of 2021. Uh, we also have our social enterprise program that will come up um, in February of 2021. So and then we also have our, our summer program. There ultimately is so much going on. Um, like I said, I think if you're interested to, to learn more about what our programs are and services, definitely go on our website. Um, Leigh does a phenomenal job at our marketing. So if you follow us, you'll be up to date on what's going on. Um, but ultimately too, don't be afraid to, to reach out. Let's have a meeting. Let's talk. You're going to find our, our team at Epicenter is one of the most welcoming teams. I wouldn't say I'm a little biased maybe in that. Um, but we're definitely, our doors are always open virtual doors for now. Um, but definitely come talk to us and feel and figure out and feel like where that fit is for you and, and for your business. And, yeah. 
Amazing. And where can people go to follow the accounts on social media, um, as well as where, where to go to contact anyone there as well? So you can visit epicenterewindsor.ca to visit our website. All of our social media profiles are linked there if you want to visit them. We have an Instagram account, a Twitter account, a YouTube account, a LinkedIn account. We actually just launched a video series on our YouTube, so go check that out. Um, and yeah, if you want to reach out to anybody, check out our Teams page that we have up. We have all of our email addresses up there and you can kind of reach out. If you reach out on social media, you're going to get me and I'll direct you to the right person. So that's the easiest way. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you both so much for joining me here today and sharing all of that great advice and information on Epicenter and all the programs there, um, as well as your business, Leanne. And I'm just so excited for everything that's coming up. And do you guys just have any final thoughts here for our listeners today? Um, well, I just want to say thank you for having us. And I just want to drive home the point again that do what makes you uncomfortable, do what makes you nervous. Now is the best time to launch that idea that you've had in your head, even if you just want to kind of talk to somebody about it and see if it's an idea worth pursuing or whatever it may be. Reach out. We're always willing to talk and we want to help make your ideas a reality. Thanks for listening to Made It Happen Podcast, the podcast highlighting female entrepreneurs. Make sure you subscribe to the channel, leave a review, and I'll see you next week.